I have the name of three individuals whose opinions I really care about. And I carry around this little piece of paper in my wallet. If any actions that I take do not affect those three individuals, I really don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. To the Curious Observer podcast, exploring thoughts with Miss B, and a couple words I thought I'd share. Just and I'm excited to unpack further. Social work, social worker, advocate for justice, host of the Be Yourself podcast, which I'm I had the the honor of being invited into her Thank podcast, you. and and the title is called Puto Good Vibes and. Woo, that was that you know that was so fun and before we talk more on that artist if i may add superb artist in the oh, of spoken word poetry and this is what this is how we met right here leading a community yourself leading a community of artists poets in Laredo and the way we met was through the virtual uh, the organization's called Laredo Border Slam. Shout out to Laredo. Mm-hmm. And hey, you're famous up here in San Antonio. I, there's a, a poet, uh, there's a slam here, or a performance rather, and I attended to watch. It was the Poodle Slam. Uh, oh, yes. Yes, uh-huh. yes. I mentioned the Laredo Border Slam and and I mentioned your name. They all of all of them were like, oh yeah, Miss B. I'm like, wow, look at that. Oh my goodness. And it's Welcome. one big community, one big family. I'm glad that you did join them. Yes. And, you know, I, I look forward for further uh, expressions uh, outside uh, uh, from the from the great vine, uh, which I would say I consider myself birthed through the Laredo Border Slam uh, amongst the, those, the sea of webs of individuals called communities. Yeah, I'll just ask this to get started, to tee it out. How'd you get started? In SLAM? Sure, let's do that. Um, So one day I, so a long time ago, back in like my undergrad years, uh, this was a long time ago. Uh, Well, what is is time, right? Let's, let's, yeah, yeah. What what is time? Let's let's untangle that. What is time? You know, so much can we get so wrapped into the, 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 the idea that we can watch within the flesh as like, oh, I remember when I was a kid. And at the same time, it's like, well, of course, we could even go further. I remember we could all remember when we like transformed from a child into the puberty stage or like a whole other human being, but you're still you're that same person. So it's like, you know, we're still that same person. And, you know, all we're doing is just, you know, it, we're just navigating along the journey. I know I'm renting here, yeah. but, you know, uh, yeah. So along the journey, right? Yeah, along the journey. And it's interesting that like you, you bring it up to like what is time i'm a i'm a huge social work nerd so i study a lot development and human development and so when i was in my 20s i was very rebellious 
And so I, yeah, like I, I engaged with like a lot of partying, bar hopping, and that's how I got What's the vibe, man? Understand, understand. Yes. Um, and that's how I got introduced to musicians. And so I, I got into the, that scene, but I was never a musician myself. Like I just knew that I liked art and I liked poetry, but I wasn't a musician, but I liked performing. Um, and so I used to host open mics and I was like the only poet in, in, in open mics. So were you saying that you were doing poetry and then you started to hang out with musicians or you weren't I started doing... hanging out with musicians first, then okay. started hosting open mics. So that I could right continue there, that, hanging that, that out that with... fork right there when, when that happened, musicians and pop, I mean, I'm sure there's many people out there who hang out with musicians and don't happen to find themselves opening up mics you know so right there if i may pause you there what series of thoughts if you may recall just generated like you know what i now i'm opening mics like what does that mean i have huge 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 respect for for the performance art and i have huge respect for those that have the guts to get up on a stage and if i may and, pause you right there anyone okay. listening you're probably wondering okay who's miss b so when when i see miss b everything she just said i describe her i have so much respect for miss b and the way you know i consider miss b my mentor and in writing and and just seeking inspiration and and the continuing crafting of of spoken word and i didn't recognize that I, i didn't know that that could be a thing until i saw an ad or rather a promotion through a facebook that there's going to be virtual slam and that's how we met and little you know little did i know that you're the same circle of friends that i grew up with in the music scene where i i would consider myself that's where i started to uh, gain a footing of what it means to be a musician and and it's so cool to find that intersection and watching you lead the 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 community the vibe the tribe the the vibe tribe shall we the vibe tribe yeah <laughs> the puro vibe tribe and and it it's very clear the the amount of experience this woman has and you know you've she's done a lot of competitions i i can't even imagine what that looks like because you know i i've done i've done music And word is like, whoa, it's a whole other arena and that's your space. And so I had to, I just had to insert that uh, for anyone viewing uh, where I want to be. Do you get the same rush though, like out of music and poetry? It's to me, I would describe it the same. Like it's, it's the zone that you, you, I would. So my friends have told me this and I, I would, I would, I would, I would say I would, I would agree, and and this is what they say uh, when you play, you know, when they talk about me playing my sax and soloing, whatever the context is, I feel like I could listen. It sounds like I'm listening to you talk, and I'm like, wow, that's such a trip to hear that, and I think that's a good space to be. And and I've heard the the other same uh, like uh, analysis of my speaking. It's like when you speak. It, it feels like you're playing your sax, like you're trying mm. to figure things out, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I would describe it the same way. You see what I mean? Like that's, that's the kind of question someone with that kind of experience would ask. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but you know, like that's definitely a gift that people could hear you through your music. 
Not many people could say that. And and we talked about this, how, you know, Eric, Erica J um, told you that she had heard like a yes. specific. And I'm like, that's freaking amazing that like a little piece of music, not words, just music, rhythm spoke to someone. Yeah. And I'm no, like, Erica J for anyone listening is a, another is a participant out. amongst many in the the Laredo Border Slam. Shout out to Laredo once again. And uh, uh there is a mentioning of of a of a song that I played with. Uh, shout out to Santo Vicio, Laredo, and uh, uh, there's a song that we did. It was uh, it's coming from uh, it's a jazz number. Ala Modell, Dexter Gordon. Anyone who's a jazzer, uh, you will, or interested, type in Dexter Gordon, a letter A la L A Modell, uh, and that's the original. And Santo Vicio did like a psychedelic a reggae uh, funk version of that. And, uh, you know, and I found it striking that someone, uh, an audience, someone from afar could to this day recall it. That's what uh, Miss B is Mm -hmm. referencing. Uh, And you were saying, sorry, the, the, the parallel. Yeah. You know, that, that, that section, the mute, the music, the rhythm spoke to someone not words, but it spoke to someone. And I think that that's just a gift. And that's a gift that I saw in, in musicians. And I, I wanted to be a part of that, but it, it was weird. Cause it's like, I'm not a musician. I know I'm not a musician. I, I know that I'm not a singer. I, I, how do I get into this connection, this tribe, if you yes. will, of artists. So you recognize um, that there's something is like as much as I'm inside this circle, like let's put it right here, right? Visually, this is musicians, but uh, what encompasses that above that hierarchy is umbrella. If uh, if, uh, if that's a, an appropriate word, what umbrellas over that is just the idea of artist, and artist encompasses not just music, but you know, acting, uh, poetry, you know, right. you name it, with anything along the lines of create, uh, creation, would you right. say? Right. Because before that I, I did acting, but I did acting in high school. Now I'm in my twenties and it's like, okay, well, we're not in high school anymore, but I'm hanging out with all these musicians. Oh, hold up. You said acting. So you were acting before what? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do you feel acting played the role of nudging of like, well, it's along the lines of what I'm familiar and I could kind of channel that tool. How, how would you unpack that? It, because with performance art, you're not just going to read words. You're going to shout words. You're going to show emotion in the words because if you want your audience to feel it, then you better show the emotion to, to the words. And I'm a huge believer in not faking it. I don't fake it. Um, so with acting, I needed to get into the role in order to not fake my emotions. With poetry, I don't need to get into any role. It's me. And so the emotions are going to be there. It's more present. Yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's more present and it's more real. So when I did the whole open mic thing and then um, I graduated and then I became a career woman, um and I stopped doing open mics I stopped going to shows and then I walked into Cuadro once and Chibi Orduña Cuadro Cafe Chibi yes. yes 
Yes. Was, um, By the way, rest in peace at restaurant uh, or bar. Yes. That, that certainly was a, my first gig. Uh, it really? was there. Yes, it was ever. It was there. Um, uh, shout out to David Montoya, Oscar Moreno. Uh, we're we're doing a little side project right now uh, in Laredo uh, with McVinnie vibes and uh, uh, let's see, uh, Alex Curry is a rapper, Justin White, mm. um, uh, Javi on trumpet, and uh, yeah. So stay tuned on that. But yet, yeah, it's funny to see that the circle, the full circle of that, that was about ten years ago for me. But sorry, you're, I interrupted. Quadrocastro, yeah. which also happened to be the first poet, I, life poet I ever saw at Quadro. So it's mm-hmm. just so, so crazy to see this this um, membrane of 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 artists that that sustains itself through the knowing of 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 committing into the crafting of. That sounds weird, right? Yes, but. It, it was all there. It, it was just a matter of it being molded. Yeah. You know, like the parts were there. You were there. I didn't know you were there, but you were there. You were, you were around. And that's what's so beautiful about the Laredo art scene is that like, we're a community that don't even know <laughs> we're a community. <laughs> um, oh, it, it's not until later that it's like, Oh, you were at that show. It's like, yeah, I performed at that show, you know? Um, so yeah, I walked into Cuadro. Chibi was doing um, performance poetry. He he's the one that created Laredo Border Slam, and that's how I got started. And we we gotta do some unpacking for Chibi. Shout out to Chibi Chibi Ordunia. Yeah, uh, he's uh, I, I got to know Chibi because of his sister Julia, and I got to meet Julia specifically because of Barber Beatty. Barber Beatty is how I got involved into the Laredo music scene with Santo Vicio. And it's really cool to see, uh, rest in peace, Peter Bob. Peter Bob, rest in peace. Uh, uh, I have him right <laughs> here. He's is that a- right? Ooh, y'all. <laughs> right now, if you're looking at that, type in hashtag Galactic Frontera, just like Galactic that. Galactic Frontera, Peter Bob. Yes, yes. And, you know, just to tie that, you know, with uh, the the tie all of that into what you were saying with, and we can unpack that further along the way uh, with Chibi, you know, Chibi is a just phenomenal, just sharp witted individual, you know, who you're welcome to share more. Uh, that's everything. What I say, I wish to He's get to genius. know him more. Yeah, yeah. I wish to get to know him more. That's the extent of how I know him. Uh, I'd like to give him more just, I don't want to take away his thunder. How would you describe Chibi? I mean, I think that he's, I think he's a genius. He's an artistic genius. He, I've, I've heard him sing. I've seen him act. Yeah. I've seen him perform poetry. So it's just, I, I've seen him do makeup. Um, he taught me how to do makeup. Uh, so. Um, he's so hashtag yeah, extra, he, man. He is hashtag extra for <laughs> sure. But I, I, I joked with him last time that it's like, we have careers because of you. Um, and I'm like, but you know what, in, in, in all reality we do, because a lot of the people that started off in the rate of border slam either went into the route of advocacy because they wanted their, not only their voice to be heard, but the voice of others. Cause they recognized in, that they could craft their tongue that yes. otherwise would not have been, uh, been able to transmute their ideas that perhaps could even 
maybe it's like how they feel, but they see it in others. So, and they, they don't know how to craft their tongue, uh, that to amplify such voice. So it's like, yes. I can, I can, I can translate what I see because I've seen it myself. It takes one to know one kind of thing. So it's like, boom, I can, it's, I could see that. And yeah, you know, yeah. As you were saying. Yeah. Um, my, my brother actually, uh, went into radio, well, started performing at Laredo Border Slam, went into radio and then um, studied communications. And and now he's he's doing all Eliseo, of that. Eliseo, right? Yes. Eli, By yeah. the way, sharp man also. Younger yeah. brother, right? It, he is my younger brother. Yes. Yes, um, But same thing, you know, like it started off with being on stage that, that set that fire. Um, yes. So... That's I joke with Chibi and tell him we owe you your our careers, but we kind of do sometimes if you really think about it. Being on stage set us like this fire to want to do more with our lives, and I think a lot of us have accomplished that already. Well, I certainly uh, I I feel that personally, and it's so cool to to be able to trace that to an individual who's within you know family and friends vibe, and it's. And you know, uh, shout out to Chibi once again. You know, I, I I wouldn't be writing so much if it wasn't for the Laredo Border Slam. And you know, now it's such it's um it's it's in the the nudging oneself to cra- uh, flow out a thought and try to like understand and especially yeah. in today's times and trying to make sense of what's going on. It's like. Well, there's a lot of weird things and I don't know how to explain it. So how about I just like, you know, try to make sense of it here and let's see what happens. What do you see? Hey, what do you see? Oh, you see all that? Well, what if, because, and that's what I was, I, I was kind of like stumbling. What if I try to clear it up more? Could we all see more? What do you see? And it's yeah. just become this snowball effect of, of, uh, <laughs> of, well, poetry, would you describe it as a mutual uh, mutual experiencing yes and it's it's important to to see it in that way because one thing that I always tell youth poets is if you think my cuss, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss. oh do what you want this oh, is okay. just a, we're exploring thoughts and that's that's what this is okay. wherever <laughs> the tunnels are you know cussing certainly cuts through and if that's where we need to go then let's fucking cut through okay <laughs> um <laughs> I usually well, I usually tell um, youth poets if you think your shit's not worth reading, you need to consider that someone in the audience is going through the exact same thing that you're going through, and so maybe they needed to hear it. And so it's and when you suffer of things such as anxiety and depression, it's important to know that you're not alone. And so when you read something and you want to know someone else's opinion on it because maybe they've gone through something similar. It's important to know that you have someone there with you at a time that you feel alone. And I think that's why I love the virtual open mics so much right now, because at a time where we literally feel alone, because we're not allowed to go out or do anything, mm-hmm. we've built a virtual community. Oh, yeah. And, and, and how, by the way, how many, where, how many places have uh, tuned in? It's really cool to 
to see, I can only imagine through your eyes, you know, leading the front and it's like, oh, let's just put this link and oh, UK is coming in or, or all these yeah. other states are coming in. Like, how would you describe that experience watching it take its shape? I mean, it, it makes me feel so happy whenever we get someone from like, we got someone from the UK last time with it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that means that we're connecting with people not even next door. You know what I mean? And, and that means that our voice is universal, <laughs> um, that there's always going to be someone out there that has a voice or has something similar um, experience and they're able to share and they're able to connect. And that connection is amazing to me. How would you describe empathy? Hmm. Especially from coming from the context and the layout of the conversation that has unfolded. How, how would you further paint that? So, sorry, my mouth was getting dry. Um, so I often, when, when it comes to poetry, I always try to write what's real to me. I never try to write somebody else's story. I probably only done it once and it was a therapeutic thing exercise. that I needed to do for me. Yes. It was a therapeutic exercise that I needed to do for me. Um, because I, I cannot share somebody else's story. That's not my story. Um, but I could listen to someone else's story and I could be there for them. And sometimes that's what empathy needs to be is to listen, not make it about you, not have to say like, I know exactly what you're going through because you don't have to, mm -hmm. you just need to listen and feel what the other person witness from your saying. shoes, what they're making available to be seen. Right. And that's what empathy is, you know, and sometimes we, we always have to take for consideration what another person has gone through. Mm. And we always have to take for consideration that every person is doing the best that they can with what they've got. And so the beauty with social work and, and poetry and how I've found that connection is that I'm able to hear people and I'm able to listen to, to different stories, appreciate mm. them. Um, be there for them, be there for poet, for poets, be there, you know, to, to listen to their story. Um, but then when I go into coach mode, when it comes to, mm. to poetry, that's where I'm like, no, do not write something that you've never gone through because you have no right to tell that story. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, how to, because of the, you've recognized lanes of thought and what, mm -hmm. what, you know what, let me ask you this, uh, what was it like for you when it was all blur? If you know what I mean? Like anyone that like it, this is how I would describe it for me. Like it's so crazy for me that I, I kind of feel a familiarity with writing, but it's certainly not that long ago that I could remember clearly how much of a blur it felt like writing was jumping into the ocean. It's like, let's see what happens. And it's like, that literally gives me no reference and not. So how, how would you describe when things were such a blur in writing to, to the point where it's just flow? 
Mm. I mean, I have a poetry book that I was writing on when I was in the seventh grade. Mm. So, so that blur I, was that, that it's yeah, over there. Yeah. So like, I can't even really call it a blur because I could literally like find it in five seconds and, and open it up. So I can't really call it a blur because it's there. It's still there. It's not good poetry. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't consider it good poetry, um, but it's it's there. It's what it's I was captured, feeling at it's the clear. time. Yes, it, it was oh. captured at the time. It's what I was feeling at the time. Mm. Um, but I can't say this when it comes to co- competitive poetry. Um, there was a time where I was invested a lot in the competition of it. And I can't remember shit of what I wrote during that time. Oh, but then maybe that's that's a fun to space to explore. Why do you suppose that is? I I just don't think I was probably really feeling anything. I I think it was just I wanted to write to perform and to win. Hey, I, how yeah. would you describe the difference? Mm, like now it's tech- now it's liberating. Because I don't see it as that anymore. Now, I mean, I thankfully, and I re- like, I I'm so grateful that I've been through what I've been through when it comes to poetry. And like, I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, say that I'm you're, the shit you're, or anything. You're just describing. You're just describing. Yeah, like, um, I've been in competitions where I've been first. I've been in competitions where I've been like seventh out of forty-three poets, and I've been in competitions where I've been the. 43rd poet out of those 43 poets, you know? So I've been in competitions where I've been like up high and really lowest score ever. That to me now it's just like, you know what? I think I'm just going to write because I want to write and I'm going to compete just because it's fun. And whatever rises shall. Yeah. The importance is that I perform it and I leave it on the stage. And now I feel like I've gotten the best poetry out of that. Wow. Well, you know, there's something that, that triggered a, a thought that triggered. Um, let's, uh, let's spin the wheel here. Let's see. What, what do you think of this? There's some, uh, all of that made me think about a particular spot or rather at the end of your poem of superhero, by the way. Oh my gosh. Anyone who has not listened to Miss B deliver superhero, find, go type in, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put a link there. Anything else that you'd like for me to add in terms of your poetry? I'll be sure to add it below. And certainly this one at the end, you mentioned, you know, when I was six years old, I think it was, I think that was uh, the phrase, Yeah. Uh, you know, little girls would dress and play with uh, dolls. I, I wore a cape. cape. Mm-hmm. And what, from uh, what I want to draw from that is the spectrum of the element of time. And I want to see what comes to mind, especially from that little girl, little girl wearing a cape and the intentions and the vision, the forecast, the wonder into 2020, the wonders of the roaring 20s. With this poem, if I may share, uh, I wrote on the 6th of December, 12.25 a.m. It was this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I welcome what comes to mind. So here we go. What is... The difference between looking at the time and looking through time. Through a 
paradigm. What is invisible yet notable? Oh, does it shine? Apparently it, as in time, does it seem seen only through the human eye? What could be within such dream that is sustained inside our mind? What are we witnessing across time with our real eye? Miss P, what comes to mind? Well, first of all, you and I don't know if it's because we're on your podcast, but you sound so confident saying that than when you're doing the virtual open mics. It seems like when we're doing the virtual open mics, you have to take a pause and explain yourself. It's like, no, 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 go, go, go through, go, go through the poem. Um, so that sounded beautiful. It, wow. it sounded beautiful that you said it, you said it clearly, you said it through that, it, that just sounded beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, You're just saying it for what you, for the standpoint of looking at it versus, Hey, look at my words. Yeah. Well, and because it just, it comes out so much more clearer. I think that when you pause and and you like, okay, well, let me explain what I just said a little bit before I continue with the poem. It it throws me off. And so I'm like, wait, okay, I I forget where I was in in the poem. If you just, yeah. And then right now when you just said it through, it all made perfect sense. I think especially right now, I mean, shit, we've been closed it to the world for how long now it's almost going to be a year you know but what, what it, is time what is time it's it it's perhaps that's the great awakening of like you know so much have we been confined by the looking at time and what comes to mind for me is uh looking at time is like i've been you know i've always scratched off the calendar but something unique about since the lockdown and writing and looking at the the scratching off the calendar it's like what what am I really looking at here? You know, we're not looking at a calendar, you know, this is just a paper, you know, it doesn't mean anything. Uh, Yet it does. Yet it does. But what it is really is when we recognize we're actually looking through it, then it is that we're looking at it. And perhaps we can maybe perhaps we've been looking at it and more and more have we been having to, I don't want to say force, but I'm just going to say that for now, perhaps this era has forced us to recognize it. What does it mean to look through it? And maybe that's what we're, we've, we've always been, but have blinded ourselves by looking at. I think that I, well, no, I hope people don't miss that message because we're one month away from getting out of 2020 right and everyone's looking at 2020 as this like horrible year and it was you know but even then like it was just like even if it was another year like we would just call it that year exactly so i hope that people don't look at it as 2020 something that you visually see Mm. but look through it and actually see it for what it was yes it was a hard year but it was a year to build resiliency it was a and and I told you in my podcast that our, our my year was horrible. I, I experienced two losses, and 
I I had like kind of like a revelation moment with my fiance where I told him maybe it was our turn. You know, we we've seen bad shit happen to people for so many years. Maybe it was our turn to experience some bad shit. Doesn't make it any better, but maybe it was our turn. So that's seen through the time I feel other than like, I can't wait till 2020 is over. No, don't like, you know, don't look at it as a visual time, as a visual calendar. What, what did you experience this whole year? What did you learn this whole year? What, um, what influenced you this whole year? You know, Mm. you know, it makes me think about a conversation that I had with my brother. I I've mentioned, I set this little quick little, and so I would consider it a small poem that, uh, that came to really uh, in conversation with my brother that he thought of. And so shout out to Agustin Hernandez. And it's, it goes like this real quick. Fate is inevitable. Accept it. Mm. Oh, yeah. Move forward. So let me deliver it again because that that pause. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Fate is inevitable. Accept it. Move forward. And there is no way around it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm like biting ice now. Sorry. (laughs) Yes, yes. After the chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um. By the way, part of me, yeah, that was a total bomb. By the way, that, that's what you would call a bomb, but it's all about the recovery, the recovery. Yeah, and it is. Fate is, it is inevitable. And again, I hope people just don't lose that message that, you know, it's, this year was going to happen no matter what, right? So mm-hmm. it's, now it's just a matter of like what we learn from it. There certainly seems to have been uh, such such intense revelations, and I think about the word. You know, so much. It's so easy to get tied up behind the word revelations or oh, revelations because of biblical references, mm-hmm. and perhaps so. Sure, and I would I would not consider myself a familiar within those that those depths. But when when just looking at the word revelation and just kind of pause for a little quick, real quick reve, revelation. It's like what it what mm. what is what is the internet? It, isn't it hasn't it played a, the role of revealing of essentially all that could be thought of, you know? So it's like it makes me think of this question, and then I thought I would ask in referencing uh, to if anyone has seen the, the documentary on Netflix, Social Dilemma, highly recommend it. Quick unpack of that. Imagine the people who you know, crafted, created, founded, expanded social media platforms uh, for with the intention of good. And perhaps, you know, just, just, you know, within the free market sense, like, Hey, let's generate business here. Let's expand. Let's, let's keep growing the, the, the growth here. And the people who created the like button down to that. Mm-hmm. It's not that long ago that all of this, you know, was founded. Here we are essentially expressing concern over the climate that we have found ourselves in socially uh, 
culturally and the how how apparent it's been playing the factor and facilitator and amplifier of of polarity so social dilemma is a great documentary so kind of referencing from that pool of thought in the era of social media big tech how would you describe being is you know how would you describe what being a social worker is like so social work is often looked at like this is the title social work so what do you do you take away kids I have never worked for CPS before in my life, but that's just the first thing that you think of when you think of the word social work, unfortunately. Um, so we've, as, as individuals and as social workers, we've had to work really hard at advocating for our work and what we do and what we're capable of doing. Um, and now through social media, we are seeing a lot of social workers put it out there now. And that kind of influenced me to start putting it out there as well um, to take more. Yeah. Yeah. To, to explore, to be able to advocate for being a social worker a lot more and being able to put it out there. Like I am a social worker and I'm proud of it. I'm proud Reveal that I'm able, what it actually is. Yes. Like I'm proud that I'm, that I'm able to work in policy. I'm proud that I'm a president of a nonprofit organization. I'm, I'm proud of um, being able to also be a counselor. I'm proud of also being able to help people in the community find resources that they need. Um, you know, I'm, I'm able and I'm capable of doing all of these things and I'm no longer going to hide it. Uh, behind the word social work that makes you think something completely different of what I do. Mm. Now I'm going to put it out there. And with social media, we're seeing that a lot more now. Wow. And how, how would you say, especially with the people that you see that, uh, that benefit from the services of social work and I guess the, uh, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that, is the, is the appropriate word client or case or like the people that come your way yeah. how, how all, would you, all of the above <laughs> right okay uh how would you describe it's pl been playing you know the whole social media big tech and all that has been playing a factor in what you are facing as the you know the role of counselor so i have two jobs my day job is working for a nonprofit organization that works under medicaid um That was a complete change. We went from literally going into your home, asking you what your needs are and, you know, trying to give them to you to calling you over the phone and trying to figure out whether you're telling us the truth or not. Um, and then trying to, to give you the services that you need. That's been a huge change. And we're still trying to, to process that and how we're doing that working from home and this whole virtual Cold turkey pretty much right yes yes and it's been a huge change now vice versa i'm i'm working my second job as a care counselor for an online um therapy company for a not no it's an it's an online mental health company um they have like a social media page if you go into their website you're able to choose whatever therapist whatever counselor you want you go under my name and it tells you what my likes are, what my, what, 
what I do, how I feel about mental health. And if I'm the right fit for you, then you'll choose me as a, as a care counselor. So, it, I mean, one, I bet, the, I bet there's a lot of fun uh, for people to see what, what's going on with, you know, who is Miss B and look at this and that. This and oh that. yeah. I've, I've had people tell me like, I chose you because in, in your biography, it says that you like watching reality TV and I like watching reality TV. And I'm like, great, let's talk about reality TV for 15 <laughs> minutes and then we'll talk yes. about your mental health. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really that link. And how would you describe that, how vital that link is? It's, it's incredibly, I, I think you, yeah, you, you were sharing with me like the, uh, I forgot his name, but like the importance of like what you put out there um, in, in social media. And it's going to be like your biggest form of like advertisement. Uh, I forgot his name. That Gary V. Yes. 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 Um, so I, like I got, I got introduced by, uh, to anyone who hasn't heard of Gary V. He's like, a I would encapsulate, I don't think this word does it justice, but, uh, uh, but you're welcome to deep dive on your own Gary V. Uh, you can kind of like write it off as like a, like social media guru. Like he really certainly mm-hmm. had the, the crafts of experience and thought he's, he's one of the, like the early pioneers of uh, Twitter, uh, Google search, um, you know, through his wine company and through expanding his wine company, he's figured out, you know, the, the trends and patterns of social media in, in, you know, especially uh, into now TikTok and, you know, LinkedIn, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, and that guy was turned on to me by uh, a friend of mine who happens to be a YouTuber. You know, my students, friends, all kinds of ages. If I were to say the name Eddie VR, they freak out. They're like, wait, what? Y- y'all are friends? He's like, he's about to hit, as of right now, December 9th, he's about to hit 5 million subscribers. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, so he, he's certainly living the celebrity life in terms of, you know, uh, within the space of YouTube. And it's quite remarkable. And, uh, and it's so anyone looking along those lines, you know, he shared with me that Gary V was certainly uh, a very important piece to his uh, p- uh, trying to piece together the puzzle, what it means to uh, build into that space. So Gary V, you're welcome. You know, I, I highly recommend checking that that content out. Uh, but that's what that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. So that's where you see how important it is what you put out there in, in the world. I I wrote a small little biography, mini biography about myself. And that's allowing people to see view a little side of me. And that's making them choose me as the, as their care counselor. That's great. You know, and but it's it's still something that was put out there in social like in social media and on the internet, um, you know like that's it, it's it's the new form. It's the new way of world. I mean, I met my form, mentor. Yeah. yeah, I met my more my current mentor and supervisor right now through social media. She was a, a licensed um, clinical social worker. I followed her her Instagram page and she would put out like stuff. If you ever want to become a clinical social worker, this is what you should do. Um, wow. Yeah, she she would put out a lot of content. She resonated Inst- because she had the content. Yeah, she had the content. So she put it out on YouTube. She would put it out on social media. She would put it out on Instagram. And then one day I just reached out to her 
And I was like, I really want your guidance to, to become a clinical social worker. And since then I've been working with her. Um, but it all happened through social media. Mm. So, you know, that, that's certainly because of the, what's become a space of social media and the newfound forum. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to draw a parallel of everything that we're talking about, what's become of social media, the blessings and the what the heck, uh, just the entity of it all parallel between, well, let me ask this question. What, what parallel through the lens of your experience being a social worker of all along the lines of the, the two kinds of lines of work that, that you've been involved in um, being a social worker, do you see between your work and, you know, socially, you know, peaceful, the, the peaceful civil discourse, how much it seem it seems to have been challenged as, as it also seems to have become less present as of recent, how would you advocate for such peace in conversation, especially because it's such a large forum, the, to discredit any, any view or any, any voice really for that matter, really is is a formula for and as a as a sort of ignition uh, of 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 a sort of fire that doesn't welcome the presence of peace what comes to mind empathy mm-hmm. we need to practice it no matter what no matter if the person like that we're talking to doesn't have the same beliefs and views that we do we have to practice empathy and so many people forget that you're so because you want to promote yourself out in social media but you're so damn afraid about what you're going to put out there because you're afraid you're going to be judged by everybody and then sometimes there's trolls that literally that's all they do is they sit down and see how they could break you down yeah um in in social media highly even even to the highest of intellect Yes. Um, so, you know, it's, I've been thinking a lot more about the content that I put out. I've been silent a lot recently, which is nothing like me. I'm not silent at all. I'm very outspoken. But at the same time, it's, it shows a lot about your willingness to, to sort through the thoughts, recogn- or rather I should say like this, your willingness to recognize the magnitude of scale of what the heck are we, that is unfolding on before our eyes the the what the heckery of i'm making up a word look at that of what has been what what is being revealed so it's like well hold on hold on hold on and i think we shared that we we should we touched on that uh on on our on your podcast and our conversation Mm -hmm. there and i i to me for you to say that that's nothing like me to be silent to me what comes to mind is that you're you're actually expressing that you're willing to to put a pause and let's let's see w- w- there is a lot going on here and to be silent does not mean bad it, it actually means wisdom to the to the point of what what shall be revealed along the way also is that along the lines of what you're what you're trying to say yeah i think that right now uh, it's it's funny i had read somewhere like everybody wants to become a podcaster now and i'm like yeah because i'm willing to listen and I'm willing to listen to anything that's out there because I'm willing to learn. Mm-hmm. So it's I a space want, where that is held. Yes. 
So I want to listen to other people's point of views. I, I, I just want to listen and I want to learn from everybody, from all sides. Um, and not that many people like that. So sometimes I have to keep my mouth shut about that in itself. You know, when I've, ne- I've never kept it a secret that my fiance has totally different beliefs than I do. And we have totally opposite political views than I do. We, we do not talk about politics at our home. Um, it's like the number one rule that we have. But the one, and, and it, it did at times cause like friction in our relationship. But the one time that I heard someone say, how could you love someone like that? Just the simple fact that you said, how could you love is enough for me to say, fuck it. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to listen to all sides all views because I want to learn about everybody and I want that peace in my mind. And that's important exactly. to me. Yeah. Cause it, you know, ultimately it, it, it allows for further clarity um, um, mutually, like a mutual witnessing of a sort of furtherance of clarity of what's going on. Cause ultimately who are we anyway, when it comes to, I know what this is and yeah. you know what, anyone who thinks this way means you're this and that. It's like, what if not? And now what? And and that's the first thing that came to mind. It's like, how could you tell me, how could I love? It's like, no, 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 but that's not what I meant. I meant, how could you love someone? And I'm like, no, that's all I heard. How could I love? That's all I heard. That's all I needed to hear. Hmm. So no one's going to tell me how I could love. I know, I know how to love. The I know how from I'm within, it's, love. it's in here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, well, you know, then would that be, can we, can we uh, find a little package there uh, uh, with this question? How, how can we advocate for such peace in conversation and what comes to mind for me and you're, you're welcome to, to wrap it there is uh, empathy. The, the, how can we love the other person that is, you know, making themselves vulnerable to, even as a, as strong as they may be, it's still out in the field in the battlefield where their swords swinging left and right. It's like, well, no matter how, what um, what protection you got, you're in the field. Anything can happen. You know, we're we're vulnerable. So it's like, how can I love the fact that you we are out here sharing this trench together and just trying to figure things out? Would you say that just kind of came up? Would you? How would you add to that? <laughs> It's hard. Um, I think we just need to to stick true to ourselves. At the end of the day, um, we, we only have to care about the opinions of those who we really cherish, of those that are really gonna have an impact on our lives and everybody else could just go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. Cause ultimately, you know, the, the, I love that the it's, I let me let, let that set. Let's just set, let that settle. Mm. Yes. Because freedom of speech is a space where nothing physical is happening. And mm-hmm. it's where the abstract realm gets to be witnessed and experienced. Unlike any shoe dog tree could ever do certainly within the, the, they, perhaps they have their own way, right? But certainly not unlike human. And, you know, sh- whatever the expressions may be, shall they be witnessed? And 
what what do we do with that? Well, we have this flapping flesh thing that we call tongue that somehow transmutes ideas that causes a sort of effect seemingly mm. from nowhere. People was- forget how strong this is. They 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 forget how strong our words are. They forget how strong um how strong our words are and how powerful they are, but also how much they could hurt someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and to some extent, it's like fair enough that it can, that it can hurt. It just, does it mean therefore raising our, is that why there are such thing as shields? I mean, why are there swords, right? You know, imagine if there's no shields. Well, what what a what a bloodbath that would be of course it's going to cut through but what does it mean to have shields and and perhaps it's along the lines of preparing oneself you know imagine like i think about what comes to mind immediately right now is i'm an elementary teacher and i see kinder through fifth and especially the young ones when when another student says something not so nice to them it's like they're not prepared for it they're like you know, my friend, it's a shock. It's a real shock. I see their eye and it's like, it's like it, the, the world reality as they have known it to the, up until that moment has been shocked. It's like, what? They're not prepared. So as opposed to a high schooler who's witty and is like, who's got, got some got has got a, got a strut to their, to their walk. Right. You know, someone tries to pull, pull fast one on them. They're already mm-hmm. ready. They're ready to to swing right back, you know, either either with a shield, like, oh, that doesn't bother me. You think that's gonna bother me? <laughs> Look at this. This he re, he or she really thinks this is gonna bother me. Or with a sword, you know, like, you know, this came out of nowhere. All right. You didn't see this coming, right? And it's like, oh, I'm describing it in weird ways, but well, I guess what I'm trying to say is perhaps the tongue must be that dangerous, but at the same time that oh. what, what does that, what does it mean to raise discernment between wielding accordingly? So my question for you is if our tongue is the sword, what's the shield? The mind was what is what comes to mind. I think so. Because, you know, when I think back at that kid, you know, I think of myself when I talk to that person, you know, uh, like, but they said they're not my friend. I'm like, hey, 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 hold on. You know, maybe, maybe something else is going, I don't know what the situation may be like, but the, a, a, a session occurs. Point, point is a session occurs with the, the kid and essentially what happens from conversing with that kid is, if, as, as opposed to if it never happened, what happens is, oh, okay. All right, moving on. Something mm-hmm. happens in the mind that only that doesn't happen with the tongue, doesn't happen with with you know their muscle, doesn't happen with a literal shield. It's in the mind. It's like a shift that it's like a this question that just is reflects in a shock when it could be received with like actually it's like this, you know, what you thought was this, it's actually over here. It's like a realignment, a sort of answer, if you will, or a better question. So 
as opposed to if it never happened, they would just stay shocked. They're like, I can't, I can't. maybe they start changing mm. their behaviors to try to win them over to get their attention, to be their friends, to be a little puppy, if you will. Like, you know, trying to, you know, be a chiclet with them. You know, chiclet means bubble gum uh, or like a really chewed gum that's like, ugh, just how do I get this off my shoe? Like yeah. all of a sudden, all these other sides of the human traits or rather human condition appear and and it, it could further condition them to be that way. Imagine if that conversation ever had was never had, even if especially if who knows if there is even an order at home where such there is such chaos that allows for such behaviors to continue into middle school, high school. You know, I'm not going to go to college. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bother trying to climb up a ladder, you know, whatever it may be. And, and in the circumstances along the journey, just because of that conversation in the mind, if it was just had. You know, what what's interesting is that I'm wondering if people are understanding that the virtual world is just like the real world. So because it affects it, the mind. It affects the mind. And it will still lead us to conditioned behavior. It will still lead us to question about someone's history. It, it will still lead us into thinking, wait, what? Are you serious? What? Yes. I guess I gotta keep thinking along these lines. Maybe I need to keep think clicking along these uh links. Yes. What? Yes, yes. Well, look at it this way. There's, well, no, there's more than two different types of personalities. Let's let's, let's play with it. But like, okay, so let's look at the personality. For example, you know, I I joke about like, I have four listeners on my podcast. um, But in reality, I don't give a fuck if I have two listeners, I'm still going to do a podcast. However, there's the other personality that craves the likes, craves the, the listeners, craves the attention and then you start questioning why are you craving this isn't that the same thing as like winning most popular isn't that the same thing you know what you would normally witness in the real world you're still also witnessing in in the virtual world shows up there's metrics that happens to be called likes and Mm -hmm. and it also shows up in the invisible of like who knows me who knows me who knows yes you know me hey hey hey, hey." all that stuff Mm mm-hmm yeah. So the virtual world is not very different than the real world. It's a reflection. Uh-huh. It's an extension. It's the it's the great revelation captured in in zeros and ones. Yeah. And and so when whenever you know you hear this whole like oh it's just social media it's like yeah but Right now we're living in social media. <laughs> right now the virtual world is what we have. And considering the new normal, that is what we might have. So we we still have to be considerate and empathetic in the virtual world as much as we do in the real world. I'm wondering how much, you know, just this is a thought that uh, my brother and I have had uh, and shared con- conversations on. And I'm curious what comes to mind for you. Uh, essentially, we're jokingly, playfully predicting that, you know, the realm of podcasts will be realized as uh, everyone's what was once known as, you know, the NBC's, uh, 
you know, all these news networks or whatever networks, any network of medium media, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Perhaps a play on words, right? Perhaps a word, a difference, a variant to distinguish an entity, but functioning as the same medium. It's in between the mediator. I'm very curious how much we're essentially we're playing with the idea that podcasting will be this, the, a, a realized network of medium that will be the extensions of every individual where everyone has one. Everyone has their own Truman show essentially. And, and the way we communicate is from afar, like, Hey, shout out to blah, blah, blah. Kind of like what we're doing earlier. Uh, And imagine there being responses through their own networks. And that's how discourse occurs from afar, even, even right here in this shared space, just as we are. And, and imagine just, just for, just to just pop it even further, just what, uh, what 2120 will look back at this in terms of, well, look at, you know, for example, okay, I'll say it like this. Uh, I, I'm doing this music uh, music video for my for my kids and uh, like a Christmas asking uh, uh, through scanning on YouTube like what clips can I find that can further amplify certain points that I'm trying to make and I kind of I, I did a I allowed myself I, I got a full disclosure I allowed myself to do a little rabbit hole of of '90s home videos and mm. a, in Christmas on Christmas Day. And how families were gathering, and I'm looking at this as 1993, and you feel family hanging out, the TV's on, you know, you see the the haircuts, and you see the momentum of the 90s life, and it's like, oh, home videos were just the equivalent to what we see as social media today. It was just uncentralized, right? Now it's now centralized where. All home videos, just like I'm watching a whole other family that I don't know yet I relate to, is is hap- is is being captured as we know it, just as this. Like we're writing into a history book right now. Right, and I think that I prefer. I mean, I I grew up watching TV excessively, and I I grew up. Yeah, I guess with, with you know with like images of what we should be i guess um what's the talk of the town yeah exactly and now that's kind of the same way as you see in social media whenever you see advertisements yeah by yeah exactly the influencers and all of that but you know this meme if i do this oh yeah which one is this uh used to be a basketball player Ah, big guy, big guy. Um, she, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that funny? Like how much a the, meme? The <laughs> yes. I can't and even do it. it <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally did not do this. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but even just the mere gesture of that, I did that in a room with a, a bunch of friends, and, and they all knew what I did you were that, and they were about. like Shaquille O'Neal, and like, yes, crazy. If we did that in the nineties, they're like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, but I think I, I would rather, because now it's not so much the recording now, now it's live. Mm. So I, I would rather see something live. 
than uh-huh. than back in our day when we saw something recorded because we saw something scripted. Now we're seeing a lot more truth. Right. Yes. Ooh. And isn't it interesting? Oh, let me sh- let me show this uh, uh, right up the alley. What you said. I had a conversation with my superintendent here in San Antonio, and and so we just start. I don't know how we got into it, but we found this conversation about you know kids these days can tell between what is authentic or not, and you know, in other words, and this is just me thinking. And in further conversations with other people, it's like kids nowadays can can smell bullshit. They can smell it. They can discern it. And and this is kind of along the lines of, uh, I don't know where I got this from, but it was it was like, it's as though the internet being exposed to kids these days has functioned as a sort of. I want to use this word as a sort of portal that allows for unearned wisdom. Mm -hmm. So they don't know. There's so much stuff that used to be locked away till you reach this age and would be revealed to your, all right, son, all right, mija. Mm -hmm. And is now just within, all right, look, a what, you know, it's, and, so and when we come into the classroom as an adult and say that we're we're not along the lines of of that kind of alignment where what we say and how we speak with them specifically mm-hmm. is it authentic or is it scripted you know per se uh the it's reflected in how they respond. Yeah. Would you say what comes to mind? Yeah. I think that like, just as, as much as I appreciate that now we're seeing more reality, more truth. We're also seeing more stupidity (laughs) and more stupidity play out live, but then also being praised. Yes. And then that becoming an influence. Yeah. Even the, the, the blatant, how can we not talk about this thing? I mean, like I thought we were, I thought this is something that was outraging us and now we're just totally, Oh, it's nothing to see here. Yeah. And so now with kids, because they are seeing everything and, and everything's accessible to them, you know, through here, um, they do see past our bullshit. They, we're, we're no longer in the Saved by the Bell days. You know, we're no longer in the Full House days. And now it, it's, it, everything is easily exposed to them through the internet and they see no bullshit. And that's the, probably the best thing for us so that we can raise our own standards. Right. Because... If they see no bullshit, it's okay. That, that, that's fine. I respect whenever they they don't see no bullshit, but then that's that means that we can't come with bullshit either. We we need to come more honest with with our children. Perhaps that's the great exchange about our generation, being that we grew up knowing life without the internet and also growing immersed into the internet. So we're the great hybrid, and there could never be 
a, a great hybrid in such an era in human history to my in my opinion that uh that could have ever occurred and this we we are that generation as much as it felt before this happened oh you know it seems like there's an insignificance to our generation uh, you know to the millennial generation perhaps i think that's what we, what we are we are the millennial <laughs> it's become a vital uh but at the same time because of that i wonder there's if, if the exchange is that we we grew up in under a, a certain climate that perhaps i'm this is i'm speaking out of just speaking for myself i'm not sure if this is a, a shared view it's more of wonder is that something that may have weakened us and now in such an era where such there's such chaos uh, in terms of, you know, maturation as a culture. I wonder how much, therefore, that's the great challenge of our generation because most especially because our kids are watching. Is that a worth thought? Um, yes. I welcome yes. you to help me unpack that because I'm, I'm trying to see something there and I'm not sure if I'm seeing it. I think, you know, like it goes back to the same thing that we just need to come with no bullshit, but at the same time, we need to be more careful with what we do come with. Mm -hmm. We need to have boundaries also. I think that's the the thing that has always been awaiting that. I think that's what I'm trying to say right there. Yeah. Um, Because what we need to set our boundaries as well too, you know, what's healthy for us what's unhealthy for us um what's unhealthy for us to show like the kids these days you know well and and the only because i'm not i'm not a biological parent i'm a step parent um but if there's like one thing that i've always um told my fiance like we're just never going to show your kids us fighting we're going to remove ourselves from any situation that we're at and we're still going to fight, but we're, we're just not going to fight in front of them because See I don't ever want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's like, Oh, don't get me wrong. It's not over. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it certainly allows an integrity through the spirit of the, the mind of that, that would not even understand what's going on as much as even if they would see it, yeah. their little hearts would try to try to like offer help. And what they could, yes. what could they really do, all they could exactly. offer is, hey, here's my heart. You know, this is what, how I feel. And and perhaps that's okay. It should, should it break out in front of them? Maybe that's an appropriate feeling and occurrence to happen. <laughs> I think that it's, we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not happy with each other, but we're not going to fight in front of you because that's our boundary. Our fight is not your fight. You do not have to worry about this. You do this. Is, this has nothing to do with you. But we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not talking right now. You know. Yeah. Um, and and regard I regard of it like a sacred space of their mind. Yeah, and I think that's where boundaries are are important. You know, out there, it's still up to us to to decide. And nobody takes that right away from us. And I wonder how much of that is a parallel with, you know, bringing it into the, the, the space of bringing peace 
into like advocating for peace in conversation, especially and just trying to see further than we can see within our bubble, right? And in civil discourse, you know, how can we speak as though kids are watching? How can we speak in terms uh, as though, you know, regarding sustaining peace within each other, uh, no matter how far off the, the people may view each other or view of what they think of the thoughts that how far of what they view the things that the other person has uh, may be. There it is. Pardon me, y'all. <laughs> regarding that, uh, regarding that piece sacred. And I think that's also the advantage of our generation. You know, with, with my stepkids, I kind of told them your dad, I share more than your dad wants me to. But that's because I'm an open book. But that's my choice. I, I have boundaries. I do. But most of the time, like, I'll just say it how it is. I, I have, you know, no reason to hide a lot of things. Um, and I think that that's where that's the advantage of our generation, that it's like, well, we'll be open to a certain extent. Yeah. Well, Miss B, you know, I have to tell you, I, I respect your time. I appreciate your vibes and your in your mentorship along the journey of, you know, for myself within we poetry. We talked about so much. <laughs> That's we've dived I, into parenting. We've dived into like social media. I, I mean, that's why I love talking to you. It's, I, it's good conversations. The feeling is mutual, amplified, girl. And before I ask you this last question, where can we find you? Plug in your plugs, girl. Where, what is, where is it that we can find more of your thoughts, your vibes, your, your art, your work? So I have a Facebook page. Uh, you can find me under Ms. B. I have an Instagram. You could find me at outs uh, Annette Outspoken Social Worker. And you could find my podcast in the Be Yourself podcast. Be sure to find that, y'all. And what else? What else? You're welcome to slam them in here. Laredo Border Slam. Laredo Border Slam is the slam community in Laredo, but we're doing virtual open mics right now every other Thursday. And so if you're not in Laredo, um, shout out San Antonio. You, you're more than, than welcome to join us there. Woo. And while we're here, y'all, if you reached, especially gotten to this point, you, you know, you're, you guys are awesome. Your thoughts are welcome in the comments below. Be sure to write out a thought or reflection or even a bullet point that a takeaway, if you will. Also, there's a red button there. If it's not already gray, make sure you make it gray. Subscribe. You're welcome to subscribe, subscribe. to this, the conversation. And when that, when you click that, there's a notification bell that pops up, make that solid. And by the way, if you're liking the vibes, smash that like button, y'all. Smash it so hard that it becomes blue. It becomes blue or whatever color it means that lets the algorithms know that, hey, you had a good time. And mm -hmm. I appreciate your vibes, y'all. Here's the last question, Ms. Ms. B. You know, what, what comes to mind, especially from the eye of social work and from a poet and in you know, counsel from the, the, the spirit of counseling, right? What is it that comes to mind that perhaps may help another viewer that 
may find themselves in that space where like, man, I'm very much confused with the information here and there. And I'm just like, you know, is this normal? Is it okay? You know, how, how would you speak the spirit of ease and welcoming them to not, I guess, uh, to, to release themselves from any sort of attachment, uh, of that maybe even may, may even be rooting, anchoring such anxiety, you know, feeding such fears and feeding such paranoia. What comes to mind? Our mind plays a lot of tricks on us and we will come up with stories and run with them, whether they're true or not. Sometimes we do have to check in with those that we love and ask if what we're thinking is true. Sometimes we also have to understand that even though, you know, we, we were brought up with maybe specific beliefs, maybe we were brought up thinking a certain way. At the end of the day, this is your body. Nobody else is in this piece of flesh. So therefore you are allowed to believe anything that you want to believe. You're allowed to create your own beliefs. You're allowed to create your own thoughts, your own mind. And you're allowed to think differently than other people. And if this was actually a a suggestion that I give a lot of my clients and it's a, it's a suggestion that was brought to me. uh, Well, that was actually uh, that I read on Brene Brown's uh, daring greatly book. And it's something that I still carry with me. Um, I have the name of three individuals whose opinions I really care about. And I carry around this little piece of paper in my wallet. If any actions that I take do not affect those three individuals, I really don't give a fuck what anybody else thinks. And so a lot of the times we, we need to really remind ourselves whose opinion do we really care about? And it can't be 5,000 people. It mm-hmm. needs to be a, a ground core set of people whose opinions we really care about. And if we hear an opinion of someone that's not one of those core people, then we really shouldn't care. Mm. You heard it, y'all. Puro good vibes, y'all. Y'all. Yes. Que sigue los bendiciones fuerte, y'all. Let's do it. Good day. Wait, am I doing it too? Oh, yes, let's do it. High five.